0: Gonna start a podcast, create a money-making show.
1: Oh, if you think you got the mindset and set, then three, two, one, go! Call in all entrepreneurs. If you wanna make more money, build your network and elevate your status. If making money from your show is one of your goals, let Tim Holloway teach you how to make it happen. Let's go.
2: All right, everybody, welcome back to The Money Making Show. I am your host, Tim Holloway, and I'm glad to be back at you again. Man, I have a special, special guest uh everybody that i bring on is an expert in some way or fashion uh last episode we talked about marketing this uh episode we are going to talk about some business finances and money and god and all kinds of stuff but uh uh, phil welcome brother thank you for uh taking the time man can you introduce yourself to the audience
0: absolutely thanks for having me tim -hmm. Tim, and my name is phil mazer and uh Wow, where do you start introducing yourself? And I'll just say, well, here I am right today in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, transplant here from way of Pennsylvania. And career brought me down here into the, the Bible Belt. and um, <laughs> I'm here on a, on my ranch here. we got a bunch of horses. I got a wife, Amanda, three daughters. And life has been a journey for me the last several years, uh, starting my own business and relaunching, revamping my own business here in the finance world, uh, as a, as a CFO, uh, it's kind of been my trade, uh, up to this point. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Uh, man, faith is uh near and dear to my heart. I know that, uh, your brother Faith. So I wanted to, um, start out on that note and, um, and go into obviously a lot of people. I, mean, I, I talked to some people that, they, they can't really pinpoint when they when they started on the faith journey, but uh, I'm just curious with you because I don't know um, what sparked and ignited your faith journey.
0: A lot of things I think are part of my faith journey. Okay, I I was raised in the Catholic religion. Okay, and so uh, going to church was was a requirement. As a child, uh, I I could walk to my church. I actually went to Catholic grade school. Walked to Catholic grade school. It was something that uh, and I don't want to say this in a bad way to my parents, but we've had this conversation. That was kind of forced upon me. I didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. And uh, when I got old enough to make my own decisions, I I really stepped away. And I I tell people now that I thought I knew God, but I didn't really know what knowing God meant. And December 17th, 2017 was, was the day I truly came to know God. And even prior to that, I have some journaling that I was looking through recently, as I was writing my podcast that I, I believed, but not the right kind of believe and it, and it okay, was, crazy. Okay. it was crazy to me to come to that, to, to, but then I, that, that date was when I truly had that experience and my life was changed, but it came with a ton of pain. Prior to that, a lot yeah. of things kind of went wrong in my life. Uh, I felt like I was on a path that I wanted to be on, that I was in control of, yeah. and found myself losing it, losing yeah. a marriage, losing my 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 finances, and all these things kind of came crashing down uh, on me. And at the same time, or during that period, I, I had some wonderful people that were kind of leading me in the right direction
2: nice nice i like to uh touch on a on a dark moment because um you know we're kind of raw around here so uh, okay. but uh before we do that like would you would you uh clarify like the belief because you were like believe but not the right kind so i'm curious on the, your thoughts about that
0: if I just looked at my journal that I was just describing it it would it said things like find people who believe in God find people who know or who uh, share the same values with you and hang out with them these are things I was journaling about as I was going through my divorce okay. during this during this really dark time of my life and I was raised in a good family and so like when I felt bad I would go back to church. And I would kind of yeah, like yeah. repent of the sins, okay, gotcha. <laughs> and you know, go to confession and stuff like that because that was that was the Catholic way. But I never really felt it. Like I would go confess a sin, I never felt it. They say go do your penance and say thirty Hail Marys and all that kind of jazz. And I wasn't really bought into that. And um, but there wasn't any you know deep thought to that as I was a child and as I was growing up. And so I just walked away. Right in my twenties, I was like, I'm not going to be a part of that. I don't have to do this anymore. So I'm out of here. And, and so I had a friend, a couple friends at my job that I was working at as I was going through my divorce and we were just working out at lunchtime and we became good friends. And they said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to take one day a week? We want to do this little Bible study thing one day a week uh, instead of, instead of going to the gym. And I was like, whatever. And so the idea of God, I was, I was kind of down with that. Like, yeah, okay. It's good. You know, I'll get something out of this, but I never knew what a small group was. Yeah, the church version of a small group. I didn't realize that—that's what I had been sucked into at this point. And uh,
2: <laughs> you didn't know you were sucked into a mini church. Right. Huh? <laughs> and this
0: guy who who had, who was becoming a friend of mine, a few years older than me, was who who was like spitting all these Bible verses. The first couple of years I knew him, I'm like, this dude's like the most like Jesus person I know. Well, through this small group. He starts sharing some stuff about his past. And I was like, whoa, And I was like, dang, he went through some stuff similar to me, it wasn't divorce or anything like that, but it was similar dark stuff. And I was like, but he's now this version? Like, "Yeah." and I was like, wow. And ultimately a few weeks into that, uh, he kind of shared his testimony where he gave his life to Christ and what that really meant. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And how his world changed. And I, was, I just became really interested over the course of these few weeks and then there was a specific teaching about how God disciplines his children because he loves them. Okay. And it completely wrecked me. That was like the moment where it clicked because I was in such a bad place in my life at that point, it was literally life or death for me. Cause I really didn't want to live. I was going through much crap after being on such a high come crashing down. I was like, this is, this is, this is what's happening. And I recognized that God was, that's when I recognized it was God, this is happening because it was, God was pulling me to change. Yeah. And it took me a few days, but I asked for some clarification from him. Like, Hey, what do I need to do? And, um, he, he, he guided me on that journey and I, and I eventually just laid it all down one night and said, God, I'm, I'm done with myself. Like, yeah, I hand it all over to you and I, I recounted as many things as I could recount where I tried to own my life and, and it didn't work out or I hurt people and all that kind of stuff. But I just, I mean, I just felt it in that moment and everything changed after that. And I
2: went yeah. on a spiritual journey ever since. That's a, uh, that's awesome, brother. That's awesome. Take us to, uh, the rebuilding process. Cause it seemed like, um, you know, you came to the point, you know, this really dark, uh, things inside of your life uh you mentioned uh divorce and uh i know that could be really dark uh i know for me personally uh towards the end of the divorce or separation the start of it um man i was pounding like a gallon of vodka in like 24 hours if if for some reason i couldn't finish it at the night man the hair of the dog next morning i'd I'd pound it then you know it's just really uh in a dark place but uh Tell us about the rebuilding. So what uh, what does the rebuilding of of feel look like after that moment?
0: I was working in this job where these this guy that I just uh, was talking about was there and it was a very good environment and I had been there for a couple of years uh, as the my my marriage back then was was crumbling and there were financial issues associated with that as well because I got fired from a job a couple of years prior to that. The only reason i was at this job where i met this guy was because i got fired from my dream job a few years prior so i was making a lot less money and my ex-wife she was not happy about the money issues and like that i was working here and i'm like well this is a good place this is a good environment i felt like i needed to be there um and i I was like if i stay here it's going to be it's going to pay off in the long run but it, it it didn't and so the the financial problems also kind of turned into like, is this the right place for me to be uh, for work? And even though it was a good and good culture, it was, it was strange to me because I was like, why am I feeling this this pull again? This yeah. like knot in my stomach is kind of how I described it because this is after I came to know Christ, but I'm only like, you know, I'm really young in this game at, at, at that point. But I just felt like. I needed to to do something different but i really didn't know what i was doing like i i didn't know what it what what it meant to live a life for christ and like completely yeah And so there were areas in my life where i was just kind of chasing chasing the flesh still and, and not even realizing that i was doing it like i i was practicing unhealthy habits I was you know twenty pounds overweight at one point I definitely was drinking too much. It was almost like there were still two different lives going on, even though I was yeah. pr- pursuing improvement and everything i I just didn't know enough about what that really meant so but I felt called that was the key thing I felt called and I really felt like it was in the business world because I was passionate about what I did for a living. I loved it. I love numbers. I always have. I felt like it came naturally to me, but there was this history of coming up with ideas and having like an entrepreneurial spirit and then never doing anything about it.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Going back to comfort. And I got to this point where I was already divorced and kind of living, figuring out that lifestyle but very unhappy with where I was now in, in my business in my money situation. And that's when I first learned how to pray. I was taught how to pray and I started praying intentionally and I, and I just, I just, I never had taken a leap of faith when I heard, felt like God was talking to me because even though I didn't quote unquote, no God years ago, years prior. I still think he was talking to me. I just wasn't listening. <laughs> and this, yeah. this was, this was me saying, oh, wait a second. I'm different now. I've made a decision. And now I hear this voice again saying, hey, I want you to leave this job and start your own thing. And it was like, okay, uh, I've never actually responded with an action to that before. And that's what I did. I took that leap. I just quit my job. Yeah. And there was a process to that. It took. It took a while uh, for me to mentally process that and what that looked like uh, with the job I was leaving, but my heart was changing dramatically. And I got to a place where I told the owner of the company, I said, "Look, man, sorry, but my heart's not in it. I gotta go." And it was like instant, like gone. We we had talked about making a change. But he yeah. said, "You know, take some time and think about it." And when I decided I was done, he was like, "You can stay if you want until we find a replacement." I was like, "I can't." I was like, "I have to go." I had to create space in my mind to let God tell me what he really wanted me to do because yeah. t- too much going on up there in my head.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had a very uh, similar when I left the uh, treatment center. It's probably like six, seven years ago. Um, had a career in a treatment center where I was supervisor and had a team underneath me and and uh, were, were um, treating uh, what they call "say youth," which is uh, sexually assaultive youth, uh, they pulled out of the homes because of uh, sex crimes. You know, but it, anyways, like uh, uh, leading up to that process of like transition, uh, you know, I started like an entrepreneurial side gig. Uh, uh, it was like flipping furniture, which we found the warehouse was like there locally. So I mean, we just. We're making money like hand over fist uh selling furniture and i really didn't know why we were making money hand over fist <laughs> until uh uh it was time to go and it's like move california move 1800 miles away uh you know work for this uh non-profit uh, uh helping kids and like so that's scary man that's scary stuff to uh, even though, you know, God did prepare us for it and kind of set the path and and did all of this stuff, man, I was like, at the last minute, I'm like having conversations trying to get out of this, like talk myself out of it. So that's a hard transition. Um, so you go into your own, uh, your own thing. Uh, what is it? And, um, like, how did, uh, how long did it take you to get uh, rolling? It's
0: funny because for the first four weeks that I was doing my own thing, mm-hmm. I was pursuing something that was completely different from where I landed. Okay. I, I had this business idea. I was coming out of the, I was working as a CFO for a property management company. And I was very familiar with the business. I ran the ran that business beyond just running the numbers. I, I ran the operation for a while and I, I saw this opportunity to do something within that industry. That was not financial related. So I started pursuing that. And after a few weeks, I was like, uh, this is going to take a while to like get off the ground. I might need to consider something in the meantime, that's going to actually pay the bills (laughs) and and it, it it became abundantly clear to me. Maybe that idea can go to the, go to the side for a little bit. how can you, how how can you, how can you make money? Okay. Help people by doing exactly what you're good at doing, what you've always done, which that might not come as some like crazy revelation to everybody, but I had those skills. So there was an, there was an industry that I came from property management, which was very uh, mom and pop, smaller businesses, less than a million in revenue, maybe up to a couple million in revenue. They had financial and accounting problems. I knew it because of my prior situation. We had bought several businesses and I was I was in the in the weeds of these companies looking at their financials. I knew there was a need there and I, I was somewhat known in the industry. So I had connections and contacts and I put myself out there. People knew it. And one guy just called me, said, hey, I've got a problem. Can you come down and help me? And I did, and it just went from there, just organically and basically consulting. Yeah. I call it a fractional CFO, but it was it was all things business, and uh, people really enjoyed having me come in as a quote unquote expert at a level that they couldn't afford to hire on a full time basis. And this is a very
1: yeah
0: very common thing nowadays. This call it fractional leadership, and it's and it's very. Good. I think it's very smart for small businesses to use. But that that just transformed from there. Um, I got to a point where very quickly I was on my feet from a financial perspective, just from killing what I was eating word of mouth. And I would go in and do projects. I would do some cleanup efforts for companies. And next thing I know, I'm saying I'm seeing. I should say this other opportunity, which is that not only did these people need help strategically, which is what I was primarily doing, they need help in their day-to-day accounting. And that led me to basically create an accounting company out of this okay. whole thing. Wow. And and that's what it became in the next few years. I, I was hiring staff and building out processes and, and scaling a business that was not even what I thought it would be when I started it.
2: Right. Anybody. That's crazy my story is so similar to yours. Like, I'm just like, you know, I see was going across the, across the nation to work for a nonprofit, ended up, uh, as a podcast, uh, management, uh, company to, it was the company that funded the nonprofit, you know, as far as where the, where the money came from and stuff. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, ended up Uh, Taking that skill and starting a business on my own and I got a uh, two fractional uh, operational clients. Uh, So from the learning operations to all the things it takes to build your machine, you know, being that uh, fractional operation for, for companies is really important. So I imagine the same thing uh, with you, fractional uh, CFO, you know, getting their money dialed in and stuff. It's a, it's a great need. So you started that. Um, it seems like you're, uh, you might've sold it or, or, or something happened or you're positioning yourself in another direction. Like what, what's going on with that brother?
0: Yeah. Um, more, more of God making moves in my life, okay, and and more of me pursuing Him, understanding what God's doing in my life and how He works. So, uh, about six, I'm about six years into my uh, my spiritual journey now, and I've I've, I've started to see some patterns with, okay. with God. I mean, He's not exactly predictable, but uh, when you develop a relationship with Him, you can you can really kind of see how how things work. What happens when you listen? What happens? when you don't listen and and things were going really well in my business and i had a plan for this year that was basically fleshed out in december and i had a uh one of my employees who call him a partner wasn't officially a partner but i basically him and i had worked together on this plane where we were going to separate my accounting business from my consulting business. So things had kind of come full circle, because I started as a calling a consultant. That's what I'm passionate about doing is working with the individuals and reading the numbers and uh, telling the story through the numbers and helping people make changes and pivots and grow and do good things and all that. The accounting part is a necessity that I don't necessarily enjoy doing, but I know right. that it's required and I, and I'm good at doing it. I mean, I ran accounting departments all throughout my career working in the corporate world. So I knew how things had to work. So I can come into a business and they don't need to tell me what they need to do. They can literally say, Phil, you tell us what we need and I can do that from the accounting standpoint. And then we can get down to business of, all right, how do we fix what's messed up, grow what's growing, like do the fun stuff. But the accounting is kind of like this foundational thing. That's what ended up being the money maker for me because it was recurring revenue. People always needed their books closed, whereas coaching and consulting can can have a can have a finite timelines sometimes. So the plans in place, and at the end of December, out of nowhere, I get put in the hospital. Like oh, I'm wow. perfectly healthy, and I spent Christmas and all the way up to New Year's Eve in the hospital, oh, full wow. week in there with a blood clot that. They never found out why. And I'm literally stuck up to tubes, like walking around, like my Christmas was my family came to visit me, thank God. For, but we had to break rules, just to let them in the, in the hospital. But you can't do anything but reflect at that point. And, right. and it was a, it was a clear message to slow down yeah. and I heard it loud and clear. And I thought that my plan for the year was in agreement with that slow down because I was going to offload and delegate to uh, this guy that was working for me. And that was where we were going to focus on the first quarter. And, um, about a month later, he, I, uh, he came up to me and said, Hey, I feel like God's calling me to start my own business. And I was like, (laughs) I'm like, like, well, surely God did not tell you to do that because we came up with this plan and, uh, we prayed about it. (laughs) So that's, that's not how, how God works. And, uh, there's not always logic to it. And that, that ultimately led to over the course of several months, me saying, this isn't what I want to do. And, uh, Really, it was a lot of conversations with God. And it was like, God, why, why like, do you want me to let go of this business? Like, why is this business suddenly crashing when it was going so good? And crashing is not like it was, I was having the best, I had the best first quarter that this year than that I ever had. So the numbers were all trending good, but I had some employees leave and they left on good terms. It was like, thank you, Phil. We're going to start our own business. I had two people leave to start their own business another yeah. guy left for more money but he had all these good things to say but I'm like I only had a staff of four people and three of them were kind of on their way out I'm like wait a second so I'm back in the day-to-day business suddenly 60 70 hours a week just to save and and, and put band-aids on what's going on while I'm thinking what am I going to do how am I going to replace these people who they weren't just replaceable right away I mean they had right right they 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 That's had all meaning. this experience and and it's like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I know you want me to let go, but this is all happening. And it was like, well, Austin wants to start his own business. Why don't you sell your business to Austin? He's the employee that, that had said he was going to leave. And I was like, whew, okay. And, uh, and and I had some mentorships and coaching along the way that was basically had got me to this point and they were with me for the whole journey. And it was like, Phil, you know, you're trying to, to get out of this whole day-to-day accounting stuff that you've been leading and managing, you have a clear out. It's not the out that you want. Yeah. But it's the out that God's calling you to do. Yeah. And so ended up selling of 95% of my clients uh, to, to Austin uh, several, uh, about three months ago. And, uh, that put me in another space, very similar to when I quit my job back in 2018 of now you can hear what, what the Lord has for you. Yeah. yeah. And man, I needed that. Uh, I needed to open up that space before I was ready to see what he really had for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So basically you, uh, you exited and, um, and uh sold the clients kind of not the business but the clients correct the way it worked? okay correct you're able to um, sustain yourself while you start a, <laughs> something here.
0: yeah it's funny my kids so it's summertime and my kids are our home and, and my and we have a farm now and and my daughter's like they like to mess with me They're like daddy all you do is read the bible and mow grass <laughs> like, like well yeah that's a little bit of an exaggeration because when I mow the grass I'm thinking a lot right I'm getting all that <laughs> but that's honestly what I what I spent a lot of time doing now it's yeah. so hot I'm like I can't be outside anymore we're now then it's like 100 degrees but yeah it's it's really cool to see similarities of past experiences that you go through particularly when, you are connected to god because you can then trust what you've been through and say oh this is what happened to me back then just like you would read a bible story and, and get that same That's the whole point point. and now i can say okay well god was with me then surely he's going to be with me now and all along this journey he's just been bringing me up and up and up so why would he do any different and so i took that leap of faith i sold the business I got i got some leap some i guess some runway you would say from, my, from yeah. my past perspective to be able to do that but it was still a risk or a a leap i should say and there was some urgency to what i needed to do so i had to search i had to search really hard i'd spend a lot of time with God praying what do you want me to do and it led me back to a similar reason why i went from consulting to accounting i realized that accounting couldn't be there the consulting couldn't be done effectively without the right accounting. So if you call me for some help with your business, we can talk about it and I can give you some advice, but if you give me bad data, all that advice is garbage. <laughs> right? Because I'm because I'm operating on a on with improper yeah. facts, right? So it was the same process. Even if the accounting was good, even if the business was good, What I landed on was there was a, there was a deeper foundation. And that foundation was, what is your mission? That's good. Mm -hmm. And my company has been called the CFO mission ever since I started it. And I named it that because I wanted to do good with the money that I earned. Yeah. It didn't really have any purpose beyond that. I mean, we had, I was connected to God and I was like, okay, we're going to give a certain amount of money to. The charitable foundations and kingdom building foundations that was always there but now it's deeper now it's like i heard or I heard god speaking to me saying phil your money your cfo thing that's now secondary to the skills and tools and processes that you've used over the last five or six years to transform your life yeah. that is now more powerful and more impactful so you can still do the money game but let's start with How do you transform people's lives? How do you help people do that? And this, so my ultimate mission has become more refined over the course of the last five, six years, when it came to my, my mission in life, my mission in, uh, business and how all the pieces of my life are intertwined there. Well, I'm a CFO and I can, I consider myself a CFO for God. I'm one of many, but there's money that needs to go into the kingdom to help spread the gospel. That's, yeah. that's part of part of my gifts. And so what I want to do now, it's, it's no different than what I've been doing when it comes to consulting, accounting, uh, business coaching, but it gets deeper. It gets more raw. We're not just going to talk about your business. We're going to, to talk about who are you as a yeah. person and who are you in God's eyes and how do you pursue a life on purpose because my personal experience has been that whenever I whenever I got that exponential exponential growth it's still hard still still a very difficult process that you have to be very disciplined to but when you go on that pursuit and on that journey of having a mission that is that is for God's kingdom and having a mission to Consistently and for the rest of your life, pursue a relationship with him, and to put it at the forefront of your marriage, uh, of, of your health, of your as a father, all those things. When you put all those things in alignment, then you can really get the best life. Yeah. Yeah. And so good. that's where it's going to start now. Is it's going to start with, hey, do you do you have a mission? Okay, good. Let's talk about that. Let's get you on a path to consistently refine that for the rest of your life. Cause that's, that's what I did and I continue to do. And then we can talk about, all right, what's going on in your business. And we'll talk about other stuff too, but, uh, yeah, yeah we want to get you, we want to get you making money and that'll even, even go, go as far as. How do you steward your finances? Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of like the end game when, when we're all, we're always going to have issues in our life going on, but let's get, let's make sure all that stuff's working and rowing in the right direction. And then let's get then let's get technical with the with the money and say all right how much are we making? how can we maximize that where are we putting that money how's your right. family doing Do you, is your family legacy in place for whenever you know you're not here anymore is everybody positioned well and what are you doing to steward this money into god's kingdom where where are you giving what is your strategic giving plan for your life so that you can say at any given point in time hey if god calls my name today i will have left a legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I can say that, you know, he said, well done.
2: Yeah. Uh, you're tapping into, uh, something that really created a transformation in my life and, and, um, that was stepping into some sort of, uh, ministry role in giving back to others. Um, there's something uh, tied to like mission and purpose, that actually kind of concretes some things in your identity that uh, makes it a lot easier for you to, um, uh, to be free from addiction. <laughs> you know, what are some of my worst sedation moments were the most directionless, purposeless, like lack of mission man I've ever seen in my life, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of people don't correlate maybe holistic health to, uh, to that mission. And, you know, I personally feel, you know, as men, we're, we're, we're to be providers and protectors, but that isn't enough. It really isn't. And the reason why it's not enough in my mind is if you don't provide the family purpose, you can provide and protect all you want. There's still going to be something that's, that's missing and a hunger uh, that's taking place that, um, you know, could be fulfilled in another another location, God forbid. But <laughs> you know that that purpose uh, is a missing uh, ingredient. As far as like money, though, okay. So my uh, my tribe, I, I confess, um, both in business smarts and in money, like it seems like the world is just way far advanced. Um, and I kind of wanted to pick your brain too. Why do you feel like uh, Christianity, Christian men, are behind the eight ball when it comes to um, when it comes to money and uh, leadership and business? Um, I just haven't uh, I haven't come across a lot. I mean, my network, is it seems like the rarity of, of Christian men that are like really, and I stick tight to that network because I want to rise with those guys. But I say in general, uh, the common Christian man is addicted to porn, is not given much, is not filled with mission, has money, limiting beliefs. Like, what do you think is going on there, brother?
0: Limiting beliefs is a is a good way to put it. I had to change my money mindset. Okay. Part of my spiritual journey included a transformation of my mindset around money. And if you've ever been in a church group of any sort that pursues freedom, literally just recorded my next podcast episode. It's about my freedom story. And we have stories in our lives related to everything. And yeah, you know, the you talk about things like porn and addiction and all that stuff. Well, there's there's stories related to those. There's stories related to money, yeah. and my story with money. And again, none of these are necessarily good, bad, or whatever, but they are what shape you. And my story came around my father, who was a, a working class guy. Now he worked for the government. He worked at he he was in the military and stuff like that. But then he was mostly in a dust job, but my mom didn't work until I was out of, I was old enough to to be home alone. And so, but most of my dad was the breadwinner, but he went to, he tried to get a CPA exam and he, uh, he quit after like the first part when my older brother was born. And, and I came to found out through a pursuit of myself that I actually resented that.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: It was weird because I love my dad it's like there's nothing about that that i feel badly about my dad and so resent might even be a harsh word to use but it did something to me that said because of what i had in my childhood hand me down clothes and yeah. always being said no when i wanted something cool that everybody else had it, it pointed back to those kind of situations where well hey why didn't you go and get more totally unfair to my dad. Like if my dad watches, it's like, dad, I love you. No, I love you. It has nothing to do with you. But for me, I wanted more. I was just driven for more. This was how I was made up. And I realized that I, I now am very passionate about establishing a legacy for my children and for my family beyond my children, but it's all shaped from there. So how do you take your, those stories and shape them for good in yeah. your life? And I had to I had to go against this belief that I'm going to retire at the age of 55. I used to think I wanted to do that. I had a mission in my life that was all about money before I came to know Christ. It was very purposeless. I had to shift that to say, you know what? Money can actually work for me. Money's not a bad thing. Some people think money's bad. Money's the devil. I mean, we really we don't have time to get in what the Bible says about it all the, 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 God. <laughs> God wants us to live in abundance,
1: right? Right.
0: He wants us to live in no more abundance than, than in his presence first and foremost. But with that comes all these other things. Now we got to get our minds right. That's where it all comes down to. But, but, but men in particular, yes, you got to be the provider. You got to be a leader. I was very passionate about my wife being able to pursue her passions. And part of that was me saying, Hey, I, my business is doing really well. I don't want you to work, like, please please don't work. And that was a conversation where I had to be willing to go to war with my wife because my wife had a story about money, just like I did. She was a single mom for a while. She's just walking in the door right now, I'm like, go Uh, (laughs) (laughs) ahead. Talk about you. But we (laughs) had this conversation. Her ears were itching, brother. (laughs) Her and I had a conversation a couple of years ago because, you know, I I got remarried. So we had the money talk before we got married because I knew it was a a conflict uh, of my first marriage. So we talked about money uh, and she was still working at the time. Well, money, the money situation changed. I mean, thank God my business was, was really growing. And even within the first two years of our marriage, our financial situation changed drastically for the good. And so, but we didn't have enough conversations consistently about money during that period. So I was just like, Hey, quit, quit. Don't work And and I'm kind of over simplifying this, but she, it was offensive there because she wanted the the power not th- in a good way. She wanted to be like, feel her, her worth in, in, in certain ways. Yeah. And so there, there was something with her. She was a single mom. She worked her tail off, uh, to provide for her daughter, and that was her responsibility. So you come into a a Bible based marriage, and now you got to say, okay, we really have to have a conversation about what being a provider really means. We had to go deep on that. So, you know, it's 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 progressed, but she had to accept. And it this has nothing to do with men and women working. It's not about that at all. It was just like, "Hey, let's talk about what's best for our marriage and our family above all things."
1: Yeah, and
0: and and all, and it was just a desire that I had for that was a good-hearted desire that had to then be. We had to peel back some onions in our relationship, in our past stories, before we could really come to a good place on why that would be healthy.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's neat, brother. That is so neat. Uh, Not to switch the topic, but, um, you know, I'm interested in, um, you know, what kind of benefit there is from the, you know, the service that we provide for you for the um, for doing your podcast uh, management and stuff. And uh, just to tap into some of the thoughts of like, why would you choose a service like that? And then what benefit um, you derive from something like that?
0: I am a proponent of hire an expert, stay in your lane, do what you're best at. Yeah, Uh, And as a CFO, obviously everything comes with, with the right cost, right? Does it make sense uh, for me to pay somebody to do this versus doing it myself? So that's what I looked at. Yeah. I looked at, I looked at you as a, as a man, as a person, as a, as a as a like-minded Christian, there was a level of trust. I try to do this is part of what I what I will preach in my business. Like as much as you can, you should be employing other believers and supporting their businesses. Keep the money in yeah. the can- yeah, you kingdom. Even the contractors, so even the contractors we have at our house, that like we're doing a ton of work on this property we have. I'm like, I'm either talking about it or hiring people that I know. Because that gets rewarded. That gets rewarded by God. I believe it. I know that it gets blessed by God. Those who do good. So anytime I can do that, and I have the money to do it, and I I look at my money differently when it's going to somebody like you. Uh, Yeah, I I just do.
2: Well, I can tell you, it's going to a a good investment. (laughs) You know, we're uh, the uh, marketing side of things. Is you know, I I envision. You know, the nonprofit side of things is, uh, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of these uh, groups online that begin to flesh out inside of uh, people's homes and communities and really starting an organic movement, Uh, especially uh, when the next uh, uh, shutdown happens or whatever. um, Man, we're going to be more than prepared through the network of what we have going to really affect the kingdom so i appreciate that uh let's know that uh, it's going to uh, a good cause
1: <laughs>
2: uh as far as where people can uh, reach you is um you know uh, tell us uh, where your podcast uh where they can reach you on social media and if you have a website um that way if anybody wants to contact you
0: yeah it's the cfo mission dot com that's my website that's my business and at phil mazer pretty much on everything uh maz you are as as you can see here and uh, i'm on you know facebook and all the all this all the typical stuff I'm not on TikTok tock yet not quite uh, <laughs> well, well, i well, tried well. for a week <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 see what happens there i mean it's 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 been interesting because The marketing game for me is what's new and it's what's uncomfortable and it's what I need to, it's what I need to do to get myself to the next level. And that's obvious for a lot of people like, well, obviously you need marketing. Well, no, not always because I was in a business where I grew organically. I grew through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And one of my biggest fears was, was sales when it came to starting a new business, that was probably the hurdle that I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to tackle. So I never did. I was just organically growing. And I, and I do think that this was part of stepping out and saying, Hey, like your message Phil needs to go to the masses, whether you like it or not. (laughs)
1: Like
0: that's, that's just part of it. So I'm, I'm in that season of my life right now getting out and on all these different, not that I wasn't on these platforms but being a consistent giver through those means Sending positivity out into a perceived negative where there's a lot of junk. It's like, guys, men, we got to step up. So uh, if I have a chance to get on a soapbox, I will. That like, pe- There's plenty of people out there that are afraid of social media. They think it's bad. It's like, dude, we need to step into the darkness.
1: Yeah. We yeah. need
0: to go in there and be like, okay, let me bring some light into this darkness. Don't run right. away from it. Right, Jesus. Jesus didn't run away from everything; yeah. he ran right into the into the stuff. That's what we need to be doing: get out there yeah. and let's battle these people on the front line. We need to change the world. We we need to be a part of this battle that's going on in the world with with our messages, with our businesses. We need to go out there and produce and make money. People who are men who are you know sitting down having pity parties about themselves need to get off their butt and like do what you know is is right like yeah got like I, I i look i i tell the truth right that's what i'm supposed to do a good cfo tells you the stuff that you don't want to hear so i got to i got to bring some of that and i want to make giving money away cool yeah like <laughs> it already it already is cool like you see it like uh, yeah nonprofits and all this kind of stuff I want it to be more public. I don't quite know how to do that yet. I have some ideas that I want to pursue when it comes to celebrating businesses for what they do from a generosity standpoint that doesn't look arrogant. Cause I think that's a that's just, yeah. a, just a lie that keeps people from sharing and spreading all the good that's being done in the world uh, from a financial perspective. So that's a quick soapbox for
2: you. Yeah, love it brother. <laughs> Man, uh, nobody would know that I can't stand social media. I, uh, you know, <laughs> no, nobody would even know it though. Uh, you know, there's been a couple times where it's like uh, social media fast and then I'm like, and, and then it's a prolonged fast and then it's like, Oh, I don't even want to come back. But you know, it's the, uh, the mission, the purpose, the message, you know, all of this stuff that, um, yeah. So there's a lot of people on the boat, uh, that don't like social media. In fact, the people that are not doing very well on social media, uh, have that limiting belief and that's why they don't show up, <laughs> you know, so they got to bust through it. But the, brother, I thank you, man. I appreciate you so much. Uh, thank you for your time and thank you for that good endorsement and, I uh, appreciate you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Tim. Thank you.